Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Over the past few days, musicians have been remembering George Floyd. He was also known as Big Floyd for his contributions to an underground Houston hip-hop scene called the Screwed Up Click, who made music that ended up reaching the whole world. You can hear Floyd freestyling on a track called Sitting on the Top of the World. D-I-E, it's F-O-L-O-I-G. Watch me raise up in my drop-top seat. Bouncing down the boulevard, watch me just roll. Young nigga like to just let the dollars fold. Today, we call that slowdown sound chopped and screwed, and it comes from Houston, where Floyd grew up. Over the years, this chopped and screwed style has seeped into all of hip-hop and even bubblegum top 40. We're going to shine a light on Big Floyd's involvement with the screwed-up click in the second part of our conversation today. But first, we're going to talk about the rise of chopped and screwed in mainstream pop and where the sound came from. We first learned about Floyd's connection to the scene in an article titled, He Shook the World, George Floyd's Legendary Houston Legacy, and we're excited to welcome the author of that piece to the show. Hey guys, my name is Charles Holmes, and I'm a staff writer at Rolling Stone. Charles, thanks so much for being here. To kick things off, where would most listeners outside of Houston have first encountered this woozy, chopped and screwed sound? It depends how old you are. I would say for I'm 27, so the first time I really heard Chopped and Screwed was Swisha House. It was this record label and collective that was really popping uh, around like 2005 to mid 2000s. And if you were on MTV, BET, VH1, I guarantee you were hearing and seeing Mike Jones. And this was like a second generation of Houston rappers who were basically becoming more commercially successful than their predecessors. And part of that was they were using this chopped and screwed effect. Is there one song from the Swisha House output that might exemplify the sound? One that immediately comes to mind. It's not the most popular song that they released, but I would say it was one of the first is Mike Jones's Still Tippin'. It features all of those Swisha House guys that would go on to be stars only a few weeks or months later. Power, wow, I'm the champ. My chain light up like a lamp, cause now I'm back with the camp. 
I got it made, the big boss of the north. Ain't shit change, I still represent what's your house. Huh? Yeah, this is a great track. <laughs> it's amazing. But this isn't the only version of that song, right? No. So the funny thing about uh, Still Tippin' is a lot of people technically would not call that Chopped and Screwed. They would probably call it Chopped, not Slopped, which is something like a guy like OG Ron C was doing and really helped bring that sound effect back in popularity. Uh, but yeah, back in those days, albums would have two versions. You would have the regular version, and then you would have the Chop Not Slop version, which would feature that really bassy, slowed down voice, slowed down beat, bass booming type of sound. That is sluggish. Amazing. For people living on the coast or in the suburbs across America, Swisher House, everything about them was really, really different. From their grills, the diamond-crusted teeth that they're wearing, the slang, the cars in the videos, the beats, their voices. To me, every city has a certain sound when it comes to rap. When you think of New York, it's that boom bap. It's the vinyl sampled crackle. Chicago, it's like the sped up soul sample. And in Houston, it was this slowed down, syrupy, lean, codeine inspired music. I love how you said, like, there's this particular sound that is very Houston. Is there a song that bursts through the broad popular consciousness around this time with Swisher House? Yeah, so the song that really, really burst through, uh, like I said, on all of these these channels like MTV and BET was Mike Jones's Back Then. That was the first, to me, really big hit. It really infiltrated suburban America. It's the classic phone number line that I would say anybody under 30 could like tell you like right off jump. Classic track. So the funny thing about Mike Jones is that he really burst through was still tipping back then. And then what you start to see is that all of these other guys on Swisher House in Houston have the really big hits. Mm. Uh, because basically all of the major labels were running to Houston, trying to sign these guys, trying to get a little bit of this magic that was coming out uh, at the time. Because when you think of the big cities that dominate hip hop, especially back then, it's still New York, it's still Chicago, it's still LA, Atlanta is coming, and Houston is kind of this outlier that they had had stars before, but I wouldn't say they ever really broke nationally in the way Mike Jones is. So then you start hearing Paul Wall sitting sideways. House. 
Paul Wall was the white rapper of the crew. And yeah, he was immediately scooped up uh, in pop. He starts appearing on different songs. So he starts appearing on Kanye songs. You need to pump your brakes and drive slow, homie. What it do? A young Houston hard hitter, all about the skrilla, riding some candy coated, crawling like a caterpillar. I'm tipping on them foes, I'm jamming on this group. I'm looking for them. And then it really shows you they're in the major label system now. And now everybody wants a little bit of this magic for themselves. You write about another big hit to come out of this scene. It's by Chamillionaire. Ah, oh, Chamillionaire Riding. This was uh, this was popping at the eighth grade dances. <laughs> this was probably, Riding is probably the biggest hit that would come out of Swisher House, in my opinion. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty, trying to catch me riding dirty, trying to catch me riding dirty. I don't think that there is a suburban mom alive who wasn't singing <laughs> Camillionaire's Riding. <laughs> so at this point, I feel like I would love to know more about each of these terms, like chopped, screwed, chopped but not slopped. <laughs> How are we hearing the manifestation of these techniques in these tracks? To me, when I was talking to Paul Wall for this piece, he was very, very deferential to basically the generation that came before him. What you're saying is the Chopped and Screwed comes from another underground scene that's also happening in Houston and predates Swisha House. Where does this Chopped and Screwed sound actually originate? The originator of Chopped and Screwed is DJ Screw. He was this Houston DJ that realized that if he played with the pitch adjusters on his turntables, that um, he could slow down these records. What he, in essence, created was this sound that makes it seem like when a rapper is rapping and a beat is playing, that it's just everything is in slow motion. If you ain't getting paper, I don't understand. I tried to paint a picture, need a better cam. From my understanding, when you're chopping that record, it's like a mix show. When he's playing a song and a rapper is saying something, he's going back and slowing it down, reversing. Doing what a DJ does to basically show you this is the important line, this is the hottest line of the track. Okay, so that's the chop part. Mm. So not only is he chopping it so you can hear the hottest line of the song, he's also slowing it down. And that's what I meant when I was talking about like the methodical way that Swisher House rapped. Because those were songs that they were recording in the studio, they might have not been... Um, necessarily doing it like a DJ, but it's so repetitive and it's so, like their flow is so exacting because it comes from that tradition of DJ Screw saying, hey, I'm going to make sure that the listener, when they're riding in their car, can hear every word and it booms and it's slow and you don't miss a second. Yeah, I mean, you can feel when everything slows down, the bass is emphasized, 
the vocal also kind of pops out in a new way. Like you can really tune into the lyric. And thinking about this piece just before hopping on together, I had read that DJ Screw did more than, he's not just working with turntables here. The turntable was actually like a limitation. It wouldn't go slow enough. And so he would send the output of his turntables into cassette decks that he could slow down even further. So he's kind of like this mad genius combined, like misappropriating all these different technologies to create this sound that otherwise would never have been made. Like Hmm. these tools were not meant to work this way. And I can understand why people like naturally wanted to gather around him because he had this wholly creative way of thinking about production that both sounded great, but was also probably really fun to make. I think it's also just important to note that uh, why so many people in Texas are so just hold him in such high regard. When I was talking to Bun B, he was saying just by being next to DJ Screw during those times, you're considered a legend. Mm -hmm. Because the way he was chopping and screwing these records, people really couldn't duplicate it. People didn't even really know what he was doing. This is before, like... Everyone had Fruity Loops and Logic and um, all of these different software. So people were really like, they looked at him Mm. like a wizard. So it was almost like back then they're like, oh, he really is. This is something that we can only call Chopped and Screwed because it comes from DJ Screw. Mm. Now that we've gotten acquainted with the Chopped and Screwed sound, the screwed up click surrounding DJ Screw, we can maybe start to trace how this music infiltrated the sound of pop writ large. And maybe we could start with a track by a non-Houston artist, Nelly from St. Louis, and his song Grills featuring Paul Wall. My teeth are mind blowing, giving everybody chills. Call me Joe's coming, cause I'm selling everybody grills. What you looking at? Ah, what what another, what another middle school classic. (laughs) I think it's amazing because in 2005, this is when Swisha House, people like Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Chameleonaire are getting big. And you can hear on the hook that they're using that chopped and screwed effect. But the beat now is different. The beat's not Mm. slowed. It's still Nelly's pop, upbeat, bright type of music. This is the first instance where you're starting to see chopped and screwed being taken out of its original context and going further into the pop landscape. Mm. Where does it go from there? So in the same year, you had Kanye West's Drive Slow, which featured Paul Wall and GLC. And that was a little bit more in the chopped and screwed vein. But Kanye, as Kanye was doing back in the day on late registration, makes it a a kind of conscious record. So he even kind of mutates it a little bit more. And then fast forward four years later, you have Drake from Toronto. He releases So Far Gone, and at this point, Drake is not who we know him as today. He's this 
kid from a teen soap opera, Degrassi, and he makes this record that pulls from Houston, pulls from Atlanta, but he's from Toronto, and he's trying to give Toronto a sound. And because Toronto is such a melting pot and Drake had family in the South, you start to see that he is learning how to take things that he's hearing from Houston and influences, and then almost sandpaper the edges down. Hmm. Let's take a listen to Drake's November 18th, which references DJ Screw's June 27th. I'm so high even when I'm coming down. Just met a girl, say she from the age town. I say my name is Drizzy, and ain't nobody realer. Cup inside a cup, smoking ghost face killer. And here's DJ Screw's June 27th. I would say when the gates absolutely flooded with the chopped and screwed sound was in 2011, two years later, with ASAP Rocky's Purple Swag. So then from there, you just start hearing chopped and screwed and everything. Everybody's pitching down their voice. It's so far removed from Houston. I don't think you can even call it chopped and screwed. The collective consciousness of what rappers and pop stars are now doing. Right. It makes me think that by 2013, we get Miley Cyrus and her song, We Can't Stop. It's our party, we can do what we want. It's our party, we can say what we want. It's our party, we can love what we want. We can kiss what we want. We can scream what we She was rightly criticized for appropriating the sound from hip-hop and beyond that, from the screwed-up click. It was getting to the point where when a record would come out, you know, in 2011, like, you would get, like, a Chop Not Slop version of it. And I think it all went full circle because now on Beyonce's Bow Down, she's from Houston. And now Beyonce's rapping in Chopped and Screwed. Not only does she have her voice chopped and screwed, she also shouts out a number of legends of this Houston scene. Shout out to Pink C. You know, we used to sleep and listen to that UGK. It's probably not a coincidence that some of the more recent artists who are trying to reconnect this chopped and screwed sound with its Houston roots are those who hail from the city of Houston. No, absolutely. I remember when when that when that song dropped, that was the first thing that people noticed. It's Beyonce. She's one of, if not the biggest artist in the world. And I think it was a moment of reclaiming this chopped and screwed legacy and bringing it back to where it all started. So how about after our break, we come back around to exactly this question. How did this all get started? And how did George Floyd participate in this music? 
Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. I feel like one of the most notable uses of chopped and screwed music today comes from the Houston rapper Travis Scott, who I think is a really great case study in the sound because he brings the music full circle back to its original creator, right? Before there was Swisher House, there was DJ Screw and the Screwed Up Click. So how does Travis Scott get us back to the beginning of this story? Travis Scott, he would chop and screw records and do all this stuff or use those vocals. He was always a master at manipulating his voice. But it wasn't until Astroworld, which is named after a Texas theme park, where you see all across that album, him shouting out, screwed up click. Big Hawk is on the bridge of sicko mode. Then you hear something like R.I.P. Screw. It's right in the name. It's right in the title. Rest in peace, screw tonight, we take it slow. Oh my God, I just can feel the love. with the wind, Jump inside on what you want. That's what I think is funny about this, where it's like, we're over 20 years removed from DJ Screw's death, and still, his mark on the world is happening. I don't know many DJs who you can say created a vocal technique that's arguably more popular 20 years removed from their death. That You don't see that happening, you know? <laughs> I hear in that we get a shout out to the screwed up click. So who is the screwed up click? The screwed up click was this massive collection. Like just think about how many Wu-Tang affiliates there are. Uh, that's the screwed up click. You had people like Big Floyd, Big Hawk, Big Mo, Fat Pat, Lil Kiki, and um, DJ Screw. What was great about him is that he would just let people come and rap. They would literally just rap and freestyle. It would be like a cypher. Everybody's just coming through, whether it's a living room, whether it's a studio. DJ Screw was playing like a popular beat and he's just letting people like get on the mic and rap. Another thing that when I was talking to Paul Wall, he would tell me was that basically in Houston at that time, there were full-time rappers. There were full-time local rappers who were doing it and doing it big. And then the other people that would show up on these tapes would just be people with regular jobs. They would just be, you know, slice of life, like, hey, like for my birthday, let me come and let me rap, 
get on this freestyle. So when you're seeing all of these mixtapes back in the day that he put out, there's like 30 minute freestyles that he's chopping and screwing and people are just like hopping back and forth on the mic. And I think that's what made Screwed Up Click special because you can definitely see they're creating something as they go. And one of the people that was a part of it, even if it was just an affiliation, was Big Floyd or George Floyd. B-I-E, it's F-O-L-O-I-D. Watch me raise up in my drop top C. Bouncing down the boulevard, watch me just roll. Young nigga like to just let the dollar fold. This was such an incredible revelation for us, and I'm sure a lot of readers, as, as you and others have reported, George Floyd was pretty intimately involved in this Houston scene. What was his role in the screwed up click? From what I can tell, Big Floyd, as he was called, wasn't like a full-time rapper. Mm. How Paul Wall would describe it to me is he said, uh, Big Floyd would rap on tapes, but you would also hear other rappers say his name, like Big Pokey would say his name. Then Lil Kiki would say his name, and then Big Floyd would say their names. And one thing that Paul Wall told me was that the nature of the screwed up click, because it was pre-internet, because it was pre-social media, a lot of the stories are basically past word of mouth. Mm. So he sat down with like Lil Kiki and all these people, and they said, uh, basically for uh, Ballin' in the Mall, that's one of the ones where there's a legend behind the mixtape. Uh, he said, supposedly, uh, Big Floyd worked at Foot Locker, him and some other people. It was one of their birthdays. I think it was Big Floyd's birthday. And they uh, come and they said, what you want to do for your birthday? I want to do a screw hmm. tape. So they ended up doing a screw tape. And on um, Chapter 07, Ballin' in the Mall, you can hear Big Floyd rapping. And he sounds just as good as any of his peers on that song. Let's take a listen to, to George Floyd as Big Floyd rapping on DJ Screw's Ballin' in the Mall. People all over the world are mourning George Floyd's killing and demanding justice. But what have you heard from the people who knew him, who rapped with him in Houston? Everybody was hurt in Houston, obviously. Everyone across the country is hurting. And when I did this piece, I originally reached out to Trey the Truth. Trey the Truth is a legend in Texas. And he was somebody that had affiliations with Screwed Up Click, Swisha House, and what was special about him was he told me that he actually had a protege called Cal Wayne who grew up with Floyd. And Floyd was one of the people that believed in Cal Wayne. Cal Wayne is a rapper till this day. And Trey, the truth was like, people don't understand what type of man he was, not only for taking care of Cal Wayne and inspiring him, but also in Trey, the truth's life. 10 years ago, in fact, Trey The Truth was banned from Houston radio. And in a video uh, that Trey posted to Instagram, he showed Floyd defending him because Trey The Truth did so much for his community, does all of these givebacks and charities to help the people of Texas. And Floyd was defending him and saying, at a time where everybody kind of left Trey for dead, you need to support this man. 
And I think that is why so many people, after I talked to Trey, were so willing to hop on the phone with me. Paul Wall, the whole time I was on the phone with him, was just talking about how legendary Screwed Up Click was and what it means that people were yelling out Big Floyd's name. Even if he wasn't one of the central figures of it, maybe if he was only, if he only had a handful of freestyles, the fact that he even got into those rooms and was able to do that speaks volumes about him. Bun B personally did not know him, but he's another Texas legend that was just like, people really need to understand that if DJ Screw lets you on his tape, that means something. Hmm. And I think that's why it was such a pleasure and an honor to do this because so much of the Screwed Up Clicks legacy is not in writing. They never hit big enough where I think they were given that chance. But now, especially, people can go back and people can listen to Big Floyd, but they can also listen to Lil Kiki. They can um, also listen to Big Hawk. They can listen to these people and see that this is where number one songs in the Billboard charts get their influence from. Yeah, sometimes the music that's being made in people's living rooms in a super DIY way, they might not know it at the time because they're having a good time serving music to their own community, they might actually be later on reaching the entire world. And I think what was the emotional part about writing this article about George Floyd was not only thinking about him, but thinking about everyone who touched the screwed up click. A lot of those men aren't here anymore. A lot of them have died or passed away. There's not much writing about them. Like, there's a lot of writing after the fact about who DJ Screw was, but in the moment, it wasn't like they were getting national attention. And I think the reason that people were so amazed that George Floyd was part of the screwed up click is because it gave them a moment and it gave me a moment to honor him past him just being another victim of police brutality and of police killing. Like, this is a man who contributed to a legacy that's still affecting pop today. And this is a direct, tangible loss. Charles, this is an incredibly moving story and an important part of George Floyd's legacy and the history of hip-hop, too. Thank you so much for sharing this from your article, which we'll link to in our show notes. And thank you for telling the story to us and our listeners today. We really appreciate it. Switch on Pop is produced by Bridget Armstrong, Megan Lubin, Nate Sloan, and me, Charlie Harding. Brad McFarlane edits, mixes, and masters the show. Iris Gottlieb makes gorgeous illustrations, and Abby Barr is on social media. Nishat Kurwa and Liz Nelson are our executive producers. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Thanks again to Charles Holmes for joining us. We'll link to his article in Rolling Stone in our show notes. And if you want to continue this conversation, please chat with us on Twitter and Instagram at Switched on Pop. We'll be back again next Tuesday, and until then, Thanks, Thanks for listening. For listening.